the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, how much money do you need for retirement? That's a big one that comes across on a regular basis. And I wish there was a super simple, super easy answer. It's not that simple. Um, it depends on your budget. But I think that's something we should start thinking about in your world, right? How much do you need? There's no calculator that's going to figure everything out for you. There's no number that's magical. You have a retirement age, for sure. Then you have an income replacement rate of how much you're draining from how much you need. There's also a sustainable withdrawal rate, which is a better angle to go in your head. You know that saving is important. You get that. Sadly, not enough people in America do. Living your someday the way you want to dream means having a roadmap. I'm surprised at how many people really can't think beyond their current situation. In your 20s, you should start thinking, I wonder what a spouse looks like. In your late 20s, you should start thinking, what does a spouse look like with a, you know, and have a kid? In your 30s, you should start thinking about, whoa, I got this house, and I wonder what saving for college is going to look like. I got some big expenses coming. But then you're going to say, man, I work so hard, I want a nice place on the weekend. And there's all sorts of cottages up and down California. I know some people that they say, I have a cabin up in the woods. And you're like, okay, okay, okay. Let me guess. It's 1.4 million. It's not really a cabin. And then you find out, no, it's really a rustic cabin up in the woods. A bear broke into it. And it might cost $30,000 versus 1.3 million. So you have to have a saving factor. So what I want you to do is by age 30, Step one, remember those those pictures of people walking on the beach and you see like nine steps and they're off into the future? That first step, you want one times your salary. The next big category is age, it starts at age 30, one times your salary. Have you ever saved one times your salary? Age 35, you should have two times your salary saved. This is just going to tell me if you're ready to play in the major leagues or not. By age 40, three times your salary. You can see where this is going, right? By age 45, four times your salary. By age 50, six times your salary. By age 55, seven times your salary. By age 60, eight times your salary. 
And by 67, 10 times your salary. So to repeat, age 31 times, age 35, two times, age 43 times, age 45, four times your salary. Now, that's just, to me, a good number, 10 times your salary. So let's say you make $100,000. By retirement, you want at least a million. Because on top of everything, Social Security is going to give you a little bit, not much. But it'll pay some bills, especially the health care bills. So if you are the one type who has a Tesla and you want to drive a nice car in retirement, you're going to probably have to change that number at 67 to 20 times. And you're going to have to have a lot of these numbers sooner rather than later. Like age 50, you're going to want 10 times. Somewhere between age 50 and 55, you're going to want 10 times your salary. So if you want to live large, 20 times is the right number. Because you're living large right now on your salary. But what if you live a little bit too long? He don't want this money running out. Saving with a saving goal in mind. And I just like using that $1 million number. I think we could all relate to $100,000 a year salary. I think we'd all think about, like, I could live off that somewhere in the United States, right? I just want to get you to a million. Because then you could keep it sustainable at roughly about a million dollars while paying yourself thirty to $40,000 a year income. Social Security is be another ten, fifteen thousand. So you're going to make forty to fifty-five thousand a year in income, and you could live off that a million, right? Roughly about fifty-five thousand with Social Security. But can you live off of it forever? How many emergencies are going to come up? Issues like that. You need to know when you're going to retire. So you need to, if you want to get ten to twenty times your salary, when are you going to retire? Age sixty, sixty-five, or seventy? Delaying it gets you more Social Security benefits. When you want to retire, changes your savings factors. For instance, if you're going to retire at age 70, you only need roughly eight times your salary. If you're going to retire at age 67, you need roughly 10 times your salary. But if you're going to retire at 65, you need 12 times your salary, right? How do you want to live in retirement? Changes your savings factor. If you want to live below average where you currently live, you only need eight times by 67. If you're going to live about as you are now, you're going to need at least 10 times. And if you're going to go above average, you're going to need 12 times. So if you think, I've worked so hard in my 40s and 50s that I want to now enjoy and go on four cruises a year instead of two. I want to go on four, um, you know, I guess cruises are cruises, right? Uh, I want to go on four exotic adventures in the jungle instead of two. So if you're going to live large in retirement, you've got to save more. If you're going to live below average, you can save a little bit less than the numbers that I've been talking about. Knowing what savings factors are to you, and keep in mind, there's things that are going to you know, come out of nowhere. I've seen 65-year-old men have you know, children, like bam, almost like a gnat. You know, they meet a, a woman and boom, out comes a kid. And like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be 65, 75, I'm going to be... 83 when my daughter goes to prom. I don't want to be 83 when my daughter goes to prom. Turn that thing off. That's a bad sitcom. But it's also very expensive later in life. Because you were thinking, I'm going to retire at 65. Now you've got something that's going to cost you about $250,000 from age 0 to 17. And if you want to pay for the college, it's going to be another 250000 So how much do you need to save for retirement? It's a huge question. And I hope you take it seriously. It's it's the one thing on this show that if you walk away with saying, I feel better about, I'm good. I'm good. So some good sources of information, your brokerage firm. 
if you have a 401k, 403b, 457 at work, it may be through TD Ameritrade, it may be through Vanguard, it may be through Fidelity, through Charles Schwab. You probably have an online account, right? Go to that online account and look for the word research and start reading some of the Standard & Poor's research or start reading some of the research that's available to you. There's a lot that you could do to educate yourself. And again, yes, I get it. You know, we love baseball, we love football, we love cars, we love the Indianapolis 500. We have distractions. But first things first, you need 10 times your salary before you retire, maybe up to 20, maybe as low as eight if you're going to inherit well. So there's too many factors to say what exactly the number is, right? Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. I do seminars with mosquitoes. So anytime I do a seminar, I unleash thousands of mosquitoes to basically infect you with diseases, which I'm immune to. Found out the other day I'm not immune to poison oak. So that's not good. I'm immune to poison ivy, but not poison oak. And California's got more poison oak than poison ivy. Um, so I want to ask you, Tony, you recently bought a home. And I think it's a stressful situation. Uh, you bought another home. You're a multi-home owner at this point in time, as am I. And it's a difference between buying it in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s. As you get older, like the process is just mentally, psychologically different. Um, I remember, you know, there's questions you should ask your spouse before buying a home. And then there's just like, I hate you. This is the conversation you have with your spouse. I hate you. I don't want anything to do with your house buying decisions. The last house you bought was made out of balsa wood and it floated away in a storm. And you're like, did your spouse buy a house made out of balsa Yes. Um, so buying your first home is incredibly exciting. And you're like, let's make love in every room. And by the time you're in your third house or your fourth house, you're like, I hate you. I hate you. I'm going to figure out what to buy on my own house. The house is a big purchase. Brings in a lot of hurdles. Um, it, it brings in your significant other pretty significantly. How long do you plan to live there is a big question. You bought a home recently where there's really not an answer to that question. Whereas early on in your life, you probably would have had that conversation of like, how long are we going to live here before we move out to the West Coast? How long are we going to live here before we have babies? But you're kind of past that. So you basically bought a house without the question of how long are you going to live there? It's more of a, like a question for you of like, will I ever live here? Am I yeah. going to die here? It was investment, so it was more kind of the math and... Kind of a hybrid. Investment, maybe retirement. Maybe retirement, but yeah. it, it was also a play into locking in lower interest rates and home prices were rising in this city. And um, and it played out where the rents are also rising and vacancies are at the lowest they've ever been in this city. So I, I did my research, and um, similar to the, the other property that... Um, that we bought and it's worked out well. And that's what it is. I mean, investors follow the trends, they follow the, the money, they follow the rents and they follow, you know, some where the, it makes sense. Some of the questions that you're supposed to ask your spouse before buying a home together is like, do you see yourself building a family in this house? And like, my answer is no. I see myself having multiple affairs while you're on a business trip. <laughs> no, I see myself putting a security camera in so I can catch you having multiple affairs. I can just my multiple affairs. Second or third house, you're you're there, right? Yeah. 
Um, how much house can you afford is a big question that younger people have that later on in life, you're like, I wish I would have bought more house. That's that's actually the, one of the top five mistakes, or not mistakes, but regrets that people have buying houses. They didn't buy more. And you know why they have that regret? Because they didn't go bankrupt. Had they gone bankrupt, they said, would have said, I wish I would have bought smaller. Yep. But early on, you're like, how much house can we afford, honey? Mm-hmm. Isn't that kind of sweet to look back at the innocence of some of these questions that you're supposed to ask early on? So, uh, surprisingly, though, uh, those are the questions that people run across. Those are the but issues. But no, it's not. By the time you're in your 40s, you're like, I want to drink another whiskey and forget about you and your ugly teeth. Oh, yeah. Two or and, three houses in. Yeah. It's, and my it's, fat Oompa Loompa kids. I want a basement so they can play in the basement and I'm going to put rubber walls on it so they don't break stuff. Like you honestly start thinking, should I get a basement for your Oompa Loompas? Love this question. Are we looking for a fixer-upper, or do we want to pay a premium price? Like, that's the, that's the question that should be. It's, the question is, are we looking for a fixer-upper, or do you want to pay a premium price? Like, I'm looking at some real estate right now, and the, the realtor's like, oh, no, 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 no. If you want to be near the beach, oh, you are going to pay $2 million. There's it's, no there's no fixer uppers. Fixer uppers are two million dollars. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's another mistake that people make, or they underestimate the cost of of a fixer upper. For example, you may pay a premium price, let's say a million dollars, or you buy something for nine hundred thousand dollars. It's a fixer upper, but you end up spending one hundred fifty. So there, that is another big mistake. The, the thing about fixer uppers, especially in a market like San Francisco or any hot market, for that matter, is the sellers are saying, are being advised by the realtors, you don't need to fix this up. You don't need to stage it. You don't do anything. You're going to get top dollar for this property. Somebody's going to consider a fixer up. The price itself will bring in a lot of offers. And next thing you know, you put $150,000 into it when you could have just bought something already fixed up. So that's a big mistake. In life, are you typically looking for fixer uppers? When you're looking for a spouse, are you like, she would be pretty great if her belly was, you know. I, I hate seeing this. This um, she would be great statement. if she had thirty-two teeth. Pe- people yourself. would rather spend more money on something they like than less something on that they don't like. I would not recommend a fixer-upper for a first-time home buyer. I dated a girl once who was a bit of a fixer-upper. Her leg by her thigh looked like a dog had chewed on it for weeks. It's not fixer-uppers are overrated. Fixer-uppers are overrated. Some people prefer a house they can add their own touches to, while others would rather walk into a house that's perfect for them without having to change a thing. Um, yeah, fixer-uppers are a little bit of a myth, too. You know, a realtor's going to be like, well, it's a little bit of a fixer-upper. It's off. Pr- what they're really trying to say is someone who's 90 years old has lived in the house for the last 60 years, and they haven't done anything in 40 years. So just be prepared for that bathroom. could also mean cracked foundation that you don't know about or termite damage that you eventually open up a wall to, to build a bigger kitchen and you end up spending twice as much. So fixer-uppers do come with some risk. There's no doubt about it. It's un- Unfortunately, it costs a lot of money to find that all out and you have to be experienced. Again, first-time homebuyers um, increased risk when you go into fixer-upper. Gotcha. So what is this, how will we save for miscellaneous house expenses? Is that a question you and your spouse have? So like you just got a second or third house and there's gonna be some miscellaneous costs that come in it could be a yard that needs to be fertilized right so my, my strategy Roof. as an, an investor is to take the profits and build up an escrow not an escrow but a bank account that has a buffer and i usually put it about 10 grand of course you have a uh, that's going to cover you any insurance i like that you say 10 grand it's, well, i say ten thousand dollars okay 10 grand 10k you want me to say different uh, you can say a thousand ones i don't know whatever you want 
$10,001 bills. And I use that as a, as a buffer, and I don't tap into that. I always have that money there in case something goes wrong. Um, it would be unwise for an investor to not it's, have that kind of funds available. It's funny, because as I've gotten older, the discipline is clearly broken in me. And how are we going to save for miscellaneous house expenses? I'm like, why didn't you stop going to restaurants? <laughs> For three months, we'd have a million dollars. We could do whatever we want. I guess that's the difference between somebody who says they wish they got bigger or they wish they got smaller. Right. Is, can they make the sacrifices? Or are they really serious about buying? I mean, you've seen people who bought houses that can't even buy furniture. Well, money's not as important to me as it is to other people. And like having these questions and answers with your spouse is important. But again, I think it's kind of silly because to think that you fall into one category of, of question and answers or one category of, of how much can you afford or one category, like all this advice is thrown out the window for Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So I just talked a little bit about video games, and I want to throw out all the names because EA is not just the only one. And sometimes these guys have good years and sometimes they have bad years. And I think the bad years are the years that you should think about them. Electronic Arts, ticker symbol EA, Activision, Blizzard, ATVI. Sony is a player, SNE, but Sony's big. They're also into movies and television shows and other things, which may be something you want. Um, Nintendo is publicly traded, but a little bit tougher. Microsoft is publicly traded with the Xbox One, but, you know, when you're looking at that, you're like, ooh, I don't know. Microsoft is also Windows and Office and the cloud. So if you're looking for a pure play versus if you're looking for kind of something sexy. Zooby zooby zoo. Everyone looks sexy, right? Until zooby, zooby, you buy it and it goes down 50 points. And then you're like, hey, can you go put on something that covers up a little bit more? You're you're not it's, it's too sexy. You're hurting me right now. You're hurting me. You're hurting me. Go put on a mink coat or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm, mink coat. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I do not endorse the killing of little free bunny rabbits. Or bunny rats, or whatever they are, to make a mink coat. Robots are preparing to take over 200,000 jobs. What jobs do you think these robots are going to be taking over? Shall we play a game? God, I love that movie. I'm a little bit of a hacker. So, um, as a kid, like again, hacking then was a lot easier. But I was known as the Black Hack, or Black the Hack, and I had a friend who was... African-American gets color on his skin. He was known as the black act. And the two of us kind of, we did some, we did some dealings, but that was years ago. And I don't want to talk about it, but I will say this. The story ends. I did something pretty bad as, as a, not elementary, um, junior high, early high school. I'm not lying to you as a guy who had an alcoholic father who never wanted to disappoint. And you hear this, and your mom goes to the door. Hello? Yeah, it's Detective Disney. I want to talk to you about your son. I'm like, wait, 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 what? Your detective, his name, I'm not kidding you, was Detective Disney. And um, that put an end to my hacking days. So basically I was told, do you want to squeal and give me more names? Because I was, I was low-hanging fruit. And I, I broke. The story. I gave him everything he needed. I gave him more. So I threw people under the bus. I was like, I'm not going down for a little black box 
uh, hacking into a Sprint satellite thing where we got free phone calls. Who am I even calling in ninth grade where I need international free phone calls? I gave every name I can give. I don't think I've ever told that story on air. Oh, snap. Automation has long been considered the harbinger of future unemployment, and experts have predicted that the widespread adoption of artificial intelligence, software, and smart machines could lead to thousands or even millions of people losing their job. The one area that a lot of people didn't think robots would move in and was construction, and that's one area where they're moving in. With a growing shorter la- uh, shortage of labor, we have to. 98% of huge construction projects end up going over budget, and the industry has proven resistant to technological upgrades. Um, earlier this year, the world of construction suffers uh, from productivity levels that haven't really gone up much since 1945. So, to sum up, a lingering inefficiency seems to plague the industry. And who can work better than robots? Robot parade! Robot parade! Wave the flag! So the robots are moving in. The number of AI-powered systems that could help alleviate the construction industry woes are currently in development. They include a mobile construction worker. Oh, I love it. Could you imagine the hot chick having a Diet Coke in front of a, a robot construction worker? Eyeballing her. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Uh, so there, there's going to be a mobile construction worker as well as a mobile 3D printer, which are capable of adjusting to their immediate environment. Um... Some critics are wary of the kind of intelligent automation because they view it as an attempt to replace human workers. While it's true that automated systems might cause some unemployment, it could also lead to the creation of new jobs that we haven't really needed before, such as providing maintenance for the automated systems. So robots are moving into construction because construction is one of those industries that needs to be disrupted. For years, if you've had a hammer, a hard hat, and a butt crack, they would put you to work on any construction project possible. And now they're going to go with smarter versions of you. Sorry to say it, but it's true. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Um, Millennials are about to hit one of the largest intergenerational wealth transfers in history. Right? Um, Wall Street is on the precipice of drooling heavy, in large part because we've never seen this much wealth going to this many people. Older millennials are approaching peak income, age, and baby boomers, the generation born following World War II, are set to pass on trillions of dollars of wealth in the coming years to the younger generations. So just in just three years, global millennial wealth will stand at $24 trillion. That's up from $7 trillion today. That's a pretty good growth spurt. Um, who doesn't like using the word spurt? Like, blood spurt from his neck everywhere. Whoa. Oh, boy. I like the way you say that. I need to see HR, I think. <laughs> I can't say that in a workplace. Um, water spurt out of the hose as Robert watered the flowers. So millennials are about to get $24 trillion in wealth when they're currently at $7 trillion, and that's over the next three years. Millennials are about to benefit from the large intergenerational transfer of wealth. Um, so what should you do with that money, and how should you think about it? Uh, know that there's going to be multi-channel delivery. It's no secret millennials want access to their financials and on their mobile phone. Millennials also visit branches nearly twice as often as baby boomers and engage with a broker or agent three times as often. They want transparency. They're the least private uh, generation. They don't mind when firms collect data about their habits, purchases, and Google searches, so long as it translates into higher quality services for them. 
So that's a lot of money coming their way, isn't it? So um, when you interview someone to date, do you have rich parents? That's question number one. No, you've got blue eyes. Are those real? Um, and I'm talking about your eyes when I say, are those real? Um, get your mind out of the gutter. And then the next question is, do you have rich parents? Yes. Yes. Um, are they old or are they young? They're young. Oh, next in speed dating. Um, you've got, are those real brown eyes? I like brown eyes. Or are they contacts? Oh, they're real. Ding, 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 ding. Um, are your parents rich? Yes. Ding, 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 ding. Are your parents old? Ding, 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 ding. Yes, 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 yes. Can you believe it that some people marry for money? Yep. Um, bit of advice if you're on an airplane and you hit bad turbulence, and you're going to hit more turbulence because the way the planet's working right now and there's more planes in the air, um, try writing your name with your left hand or your right hand, which is your non-dominant hand. So you hit the turbulence and you're starting to panic. Even though planes are well-organized and well-positioned to handle turbulence, no one plane in the world has ever gone down on turbulence alone. Um, now, they might have gone down because the plane cracked in half and everyone went, fell to their, their deaths from you know 36,000 feet um, and then fell into the water and sharks ate them all up, all up. Not trying to make you nervous right before you fly, but just in case. Air, airlines are designed to withstand more force even the bumpiest flights can provide, but still shaking and dropping through the air gets a lot of people freaked out. So try writing your name with your non-dominant hand because it accomplishes two things. It makes you focus on an unusual task instead of the turbulence, and it engages your motor function on the opposite side of your brain uh, than what you would normally do, disrupting the thinking. I like ideas like this because I'll try it today at lunch, um, and it just teaches you. Like, try to activate different parts of your brain. And as an investor, sometimes try to activate different parts of your investment scheme. Um, you know, Warren Buffett owns Bank of America. Is that good enough for me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Should I do more work than that? Yeah. Um, you can't just say that. Do you see what I'm saying? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Um, you can always find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Um, I don't want to talk about that. Apple very- has grown like crazy across nearly every dimension as revenues have skyrocketed. So has Apple staff company hired a hundred thousand people in the last 10 years. Can you imagine that a hundred thousand people bringing its global workforce to 116,000 from 18,000 back in 2016. Uh, one reason Apple's going to be around making money for the, in the foreseeable future is because how big their staff is. And at some point in time, when they want to earn more money, they'll fire people. Apple is a money-making machine. In 2016, Apple's profit of $45 billion is far bigger than any other company, including Berkshire's Hathaway at $24 billion and J.P. Morgan at $24 billion. That's impressive. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. You do know me. I tend to tell you sometimes a little bit too much about myself. A little bit too much, a little TMI for sure. I know. Higher oil prices are a story today. 
Um, markets are moving higher, but higher oil prices. Ooh. It's going to be a killer at some point in time. It shows worldwide demand, which is good on the one hand. But on the other hand, it also shows that you know there's going to be some inflation. Higher oil prices, gains in the Facebook, Amazons, Apple, Netflix, Google stocks. You have interest rates creeping higher. The word creep gets a bad rap, huh? When you say interest rates creeping higher, you're like, oh, that's that good use of creep. I know you're saying no. No. How I um, say that. Thank you. So right now the market's holding tough. It's holding technical support levels on 50-day moving averages, on 200-day moving averages. It's interesting to note that the market narrative has shifted a little bit recently. We go with optimism to pessimism, back to optimism, peak earnings growth, pessimism. It's a very, very fickle narrative right now. Higher oil, uh, good. Economy's working. Higher oil, bad. Inflation. Takes away that consumer perk that they got of that tax cut. So today, it's worth note that the financial information, economically speaking, not not amazing. Consumer price index is kind of a play on the producer price index. The producers, if they pay more for stuff, they tend to potentially pass it on to the consumer at some point. So consumer price index picked up uh, just ever so slightly. So you saw the CPI increase two-tenths of a percent. And sometimes you have to exclude food and energy because they can be a little bit more volatile in price. So that's out there. Ford is halting production of its F-150 pickup truck due to a fire at its plant. Um, Interesting. Ford does really, really well with trucks. Um, I would say if they could sell only trucks, they would sell only trucks. Trucks and SUVs, uh, big, big, big moneymakers for Ford. Intel's digging in for a big fight right now with NVIDIA over artificial intelligence. There's a lot of talk about artificial intelligence right now. And uh, I think maybe to, uh, I'll put together a tech show one day, maybe next week, where I talk only tech. Intel's still the biggest technology provider for servers and enterprise computing. Intel is the largest and most forceful player in the server and edge computing market. NVIDIA benefits from the headlines for artificial intelligence big time and, you know, cars and autom- autonomous cars, uh, they're in there. But Intel wants to say, you know, we can unseat NVIDIA. We could do artificial intelligence better than they can. Isn't it kind of funny? Nerds fighting about artificial intelligence. But it's big business. Big business going forward. Some of the stuff Google showed uh, yesterday with their artificial intelligence moves. Pretty crazy. So if you get a chance to Google News and see their developers conference, uh, some of the YouTube videos that came out of it were pretty creepy. When your assistant talks to you and it sounds pretty darn human and makes a phone call for you and it sounds pretty darn human talking to another human, even though that human doesn't know it's being talked to by your Google robot. Google Television. There is a product out there called Android TV. Alphabet is hoping that it can, you know, uh, do well with this. 
Google Television pushed aims to mimic the popular Android mobile operating system, especially in the way that it makes money, without selling ads directly inside of the TV software. Google makes services it already has available, like apps and renting movies and watching YouTube more enticing. So big streaming bet with Android TV. Google first introduced Android TV in 2014, but it struggled to establish its hardware next to its own Chromecast streaming dongle. And it's already successful device out there from Roku, who they're having a nice day today. Amazon as well. It's, it's pretty intimidating, like the streaming boxes and streaming sticks. It's, uh, if your TV has apps in it, your TV probably has a processor and your TV probably has a Wi-Fi connection. So sometimes it's good to go out and get the updated streaming stick from Google or the updated streaming stick from Roku because they've got the faster wireless internet standards. I was pissed the other day when I learned that, uh, Comcast was giving me 400 gig speed or 400 meg speed. But they're like, oh, but your modem's so old that it's it's only working at, like, 75 or something like that. I'm like, what? And you charge me for this? But it's, oh. I know, right? Hold it in. Hold, hold it in. Hold it in. You know what's amazing? There's an app out there called Robinhood. And I like it. It's surpassed E-Trade when it comes to users doubling the number of accounts in the past year. Startup has 4 million brokerage accounts on its platform. It's uh, just announced more funding. It's valued the company Robinhood at $5.6 billion. So growing faster than others established firms out there. It's commission-free stock trading. It was launched about three years ago. In April, it rolled out cryptocurrency trading for Bitcoin and Ethereum. So Robinhood, is that going to be your play on investing in, in crypto? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.